Hello and welcome to the Nursery and Preschool Chat Room podcast. Join the Twinkle team as we talk about life as a preschool and nursery practitioner. We'll share our honest thoughts and experiences on a range of topics that affect early years practitioners every day in their settings. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Nursery and Preschool Chat Room. I'm Katie. And I'm Charlotte. And I'm Bliss. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about whether or not display boards are pointless in early years. And I think this is going to be another slightly controversial topic. What do you think? I think it's come a lot more to the forefront as a topic in mm-hmm. recent years. I don't think people really used to think about the benefits or the or the disadvantages of them. But I think now people are really thinking about display boards in the earliest setting and if they are beneficial for the children or not. Who are you doing them for? Mm-hmm. Is it just to make the setting look pretty? Such a good point. Straight away, who are you doing it for? Yeah. Because I used to feel like a lot of the time I was just being told, Katie, we need a display board. Mm-hmm. You're learning about dinosaurs. Go and do it. And so yeah. I just whack up some of the children's artwork. And spend time away from the children having to put up a display board mm-hmm. that nobody's going to look at because the children can't see it. Well, the microphone can't see is Charlotte sitting next to us, shaking her head disapprovingly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like the displays that were in my room because they were so high up. The children that were small, they just couldn't even see them. I don't know. I used to want interactive ones where they were on their level and things they could pull off and like Velcro, stick things mm-hmm. on. Yeah, like a working wall. Yeah, like yeah. a working wall but they were just so high up and pointless and the parents didn't see them the children never got anything out of them and they were wasting hours of my time when I could have been doing something a lot better I think that links so perfectly to what Felissa said about who is that display board for then for no one because (laughs) like I didn't enjoy it the children couldn't see it the parents didn't see it it was just there like you said to make your room look a bit prettier Mm -hmm. And have like visual, like I used to try put like print on the wall just so maybe it could would help the children recognise letters and things, just something to yeah. add a little bit of extra meaning to it. But on some of them we had to write like paragraphs like linking it to the EYFS and I'd be like, well what what is the purpose of that like for anybody? Yeah, we used to have one of my managers at a previous setting, so when you had finished a display board you had to sort of get the seal of approval, right? Which by that point is too late because we've already spent a couple of hours Stapled doing it. Stapled it on. Yeah. <laughs> And I remember once they were like, um, in principle, it's nice, but you haven't backed the picture on like black paper on the backing board. So I had to redo that all. And I'm, that just really frustrated yeah. me because it was... I'm because just... you didn't back that picture, those children are now not developing I... properly. <laughs> I wasted a learning opportunity for them, didn't I? I destroyed their yeah. education. You could, have took, you could have sat down and been like, this is a square. This yeah. is a rectangle. I mean, I think the only side that they maybe get some benefit out of it is when you're preparing the display board and you sat down and cut in and they might want to come over and help. Have a little nosy. If they come over and they want to use the scissors, you can't give them the display to cut up so you have to get them a different yeah. piece of paper. So yeah, maybe they do get some learning out of it, but when it is high up and they can't see it, I don't think it has any benefit at all. Mm. We had a comment about it and um, someone said that we have our family board at child height so they can tell their friends who's in their family. I think that's a really nice I idea. I really like that. Because mm. mm. I think as people, the thing we know the most is ourselves, which sounds yeah. super selfish, but especially at that age. So being able to go, oh, that's my mommy. My mommy yeah. does this. Yeah. That's really nice. I think from experience, still, we used to have like a family picture book and the children would sit there for ages flicking through like, mm. oh, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so. And talk about the experiences, like some of the pictures of them at the park and they'd start to retell. That's like, really story lovely. Telling and stuff like that. So I really like that idea. That's where the time that you've spent printing out the picture, laminating, whatever you do in your setting, that's when it's worth yeah, it because there's a clear that. learning purpose there. Like it's started conversation. The communication and language is yeah, developing. Like in our baby room, they'd have the family books in a little basket. So they could so that the babies them. could, and they were on like a little ring, mm-hmm. so that the babies could just pull them out and sit and like flip. 
That sounds really nice. And then they'd come up to you and be like, and show their daddy or this their is daddy. Like, the um, and then they'd just pop it back in the basket and it was just full of family pictures. I've never come across like boards like that before. Yeah. That sounds really lovely. So it's still what you might put on a board, but the children are actually getting a purpose out of it. They can actually access it, not like break the next trying to look up <laughs> at this display board on the wall. I liked what you were saying off microphone, Bliss, about the role play boards that you used to have. Yeah, so in my setting, I um, we had a, already a display board that was quite low, but it wasn't being used it had, I don't think it had anything on it maybe it had a, a fake bookshelf on it like children's drawings I think they colored mm-hmm. in some of them but they didn't interact with it so I transformed it into just like a, a blackboard paint over it so it was so you could write on it as well it was in the role play area so whoever's planning it was that week or whatever based on interest you could print out things to stick on it and the children could see it as part of the role play and take them off and then use them in the play and stuff like that yeah so I've seen role play boards set up before but the board was never changed. So you'd like have it set up to be like a window or something into the garden. But then the next week it would have changed to a school role play or a yeah. vet's role play. And then that display board was totally outdated. It didn't go with the concept. Yeah, yeah. But actually the idea of taking that down and replacing each week. Yeah. Initially in my head, I'm like <laughs> so much effort. I suppose once you've done it, a couple of Once. times you've got the resources for that so like you've already got the laminated first role play mm. and it was the board was designed so it had velcro stickers on so all you have to do is oh, so stick easy. them on and yeah like i said before like the children could then take them up and use them and the children can help you set that up as well yeah, that's exactly. some role play like what do we want our vet surgery to look like today yeah what, what do you know my vet's what's going to what pictures can i get and stuff like that yeah. i just used to find as a room leader i never could find the time because nobody's getting well maybe you do if you're very lucky at your settings but it was very rare to get time out to do something like mm-hmm. a display board so you're trying to do it with all the babies crawling around your legs yeah. trying not to drop the scissors on anyone or the staple gun or constantly having i'm sure you guys used to get this like a toddler or a preschool running up to you with like a massive ball of blue tack you mm. don't know where they go from <laughs> yeah. you just know your display's falling down in the corner i mean i used to do mine when they'd gone outside yeah we because used to do well if i was able to stay inside I'd, mm-hmm. I'd be like right well you take them out i'm gonna do this display board because it's the only way i could ever get it done i don't I know. remember doing the staff um staff key people boarding my setting and it literally took me like three weeks to get done because i like, just step by step i was having to add little bits i had six Display Massive display boards. Yeah, like yeah. six. Oh, thanks. And I don't know, one with like toilet as well. So you think, well, what's, what's this one? What are you going to put on the toilet one? No. Well, I did try link it to like self, like the, the hygiene and self care and stuff like that. And I like, actually like little blue tacked poos all yeah. over the wall. <laughs> Photos of the children just washing their hands. Like, this is a great display. <laughs> We did put this question out on our social media platforms because we thought a lot of people had would have opinions on this. So what were they saying? Um, so one person said, we don't have display boards. Our manager thinks that beige walls look better, apparently. I personally think it's a bit boring. <sighs> Hot topic debate in the early years. Bright colours versus neutral colours. I think there was a general vibe when I put the question out on Instagram as well. People were saying, like, if they're natural, got Hessian back in. That sort of, I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of settings are moving more towards that mm-hmm. in terms of the display approach, not saying that they do it throughout the whole of their nursery. Yeah. But I think a lot more of what I've seen on social media displays are taking a lot more natural yeah. approach. My friend, when she was doing her dissertation, she was looking at like how an environment impacts a child's ability to 
engage with their learning, she did find that when she took them to an area that wasn't full of displays and bright colours, the children were able to sit down and focus on their task. So the caveat of that is it was obviously a concentration task. It's not like free flow compared to a room where there was just bright, colourful displays. In that scenario, it's a little bit more chaotic energy, like flitting around. So there's the research there from lots of different sources to say that that calmer environment encourages a calmer approach to their learning so I think that's super interesting yeah I mean we weren't allowed to like use like borders were you not no we weren't allowed borders because they were expensive or because of it <laughs> for some <laughs> other reason well my, ma- my manager just didn't like them she didn't like the look of them and she just liked the edge of the display board itself she just thought it looked better like the Hessian kind of backing. Oh, uh, okay. So I only ever worked with bright display boards. So no, I'm, ours this were all is all back, new to me. As we're all back with that Hessian pit we had a, um, material. We had a change whilst I was at my niche. We got rid of all the colourful ones to the Hessian back. Did you notice a change in the children then? Was it calmer? Yeah, because they were higher than their height, apart from that one rule. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the ones that were higher yeah. up, we used to just have artwork on. I swear, I think for ages we just had them stripped and they had nothing on them because they just had... Getting like, blue tack off a Hessian material oh, is right. the worst job in the world. Our border used to be plastic ivy. Oh, I've seen that a lot. Yeah, that. that's yeah. nice. Thinking about, again, of the heights, I worked at one setting where some of the display boards would be higher because... I think that's just where they were when they bought the nursery. But they did actually have a a lot at child height, which considering everything we said, wonderful in principle, absolute nightmare in practice because they pull it off or like they lean on it and it's ripped and it's broken and laminating, not great for the planet, but the only way to save it. Like, they rip them off, they're not messy, and then you've got so managers coming to that's plenty to fix it. Well, try having all babies reaching it all the time, it's just not... You get that phone call anything. off Ofsted, and then you're running around trying to fix your displays, yeah. make sure your reports are up to date. It's just another thing on that never-ending list. I think display boards that are for parents that are outside in the foyer or the front entrance where they've got information on that an adult would go up to and read, that's fair enough. They're actually quite nice display boards. Or if you've got like a staff member one so they can see who the staff are in the nursery. Yeah. Because um, we used to have some nice ones that were outside of the rooms for the adults to look at and see, like in the staff room. But then I just think the ones in the room aren't really child friendly. Yeah. I'm thinking as well when you had adult boards, like uh, we had a planning board. Yeah. And that would have everything for us, which shows you like trying to find, if you had it in a folder, someone would take that folder out of the room. Mm-hmm. Then you'd have to spend ages trying to find it. So actually having all that information up on a board was fine and that worked but wherever I've worked that's never been a pretty board it might have started off as a pretty board but when you're like taking stuff up and down it never stayed pretty yeah I used to put titles on them and the letters just used to fall off so it never read what I wanted it to read in the end yeah the good mix is having like the ones that staff need like the planning board and then boards at children's height that benefit like like say coming back to the original thing is who are displays for the ones that are higher up they're for the staff the ones that are down and make them engaging for Mm -hmm. the children but as you couldn't take down no i've never been like it's there you've got to which is such a shame because if you could take them down and then put them wherever you felt they were going to work that'd be great but they're always stuck to the walls actually that's something we used to find really tricky in a toddler room that i worked with him was like it was always the only corner that was available there were two display boards at like a right angle and that's naturally where i think most of us yeah cozy corner reading corner but all that ever meant was kids were constantly rubbing up on it (laughs) destroying anything we did on it there aren't many 
buildings that have been designed to yeah that's what i mean i always feel like the display boards are where an adult would go to look at a display board not a child mm-hmm. but also our nursery was a converted house so the layout was so bizarre i know our toddler room it had bay windows like because of how it was laid mm-hmm. out so the display boards were in the in the most convenient places in like the only wall that's straight you know, I can be that. One of the nurseries I worked at was used to be a bar. Oh my god! Yeah, so like they had a bar. Like it wasn't like like not with the things no, on the wall to pull like apart. The... Like where the bar would have been, it yeah. like been converted into a staff room because they used to hold like little dues there for the staff. So that becomes cool. so that was nice. And like when you walk past it, you're not looking mm. pull a point there. It didn't, <laughs> didn't look like it. They made it a nursery, but yeah, the other ones that worked in were houses. So it's not been specifically designed to be a nursery. So I think from what we've been talking about, you can all agree that it's a bit hit and miss and it depends who the display board is for and it's just important to remember when you are making them display boards, who is the benefit, Yeah. who is getting benefit from it. So moving on to this week's practitioner problems, we have a question again and it is, any advice on being a room leader? That's a good question because it's a really exciting opportunity. When you first get it presented to you, it's a cool opportunity but it is a lot of responsibility there's actually quite a big Mm. step between being practitioner and room leader and in the nurseries I've worked at some of them had like deputy room leaders some of them didn't so it can be a big jump so it is worth bearing that in mind and often it is the next step of progression for an early years practitioner Mm -hmm. that you're moving up the ladder it is next thing you go to is room leader yeah and I think you need to be organized the key skill I think for everything leading into management of early is because there's so much you become responsible for you need to come up with an organisational system. You need to have a method. Like, it starts there. You're a most experienced room leader. Like, you're the just leader. like, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like because I came straight in as a room leader, like, I didn't start off as an apprentice or a practitioner. I was, like, straight in there. I didn't have a clue what I were doing at the beginning because it was like, wow, I've got this room of people that I've got to lead, all these children I've got to look after. And it is really daunting and overwhelming. But like you said, I think if you're organised, you've got a vision for your room, you know what you want, you know how you want it to run. Mm -hmm. And I think once it starts to run smoothly and you get into that routine of what works, what doesn't, you've got to know your staff as well because I feel like certain people don't work the same way other people Mm -hmm. work so I used to find I had to do things different with different people to get the best out of them I will always say the hardest thing about being a manager is people Mm. like it's really difficult managing people because like you said not only is it different styles Mm. some people are going to bite back at you and you've got to be able to handle that if something goes wrong or something isn't necessarily in line with the nursery policy regardless of whether you agree Mm -hmm. or not you have to enforce that so you have to be firm and confident and that was my personal least favorite bit of being in leadership yeah in the nursery as well you're often having to implement change and like you have different updates to practice and stuff like that and you're having to change that way that your rooms mm-hmm. run and your room, the way that you mm-hmm. do things and some practitioners won't be on board with their like, different opinions True. and stuff see i used to have monthly meetings with my team just before a staff meeting I just be like, right, quick ten minutes, and I'd literally just be like, right, what do you do? You, what works? What don't? What doesn't? Mm-hmm. You got any new ideas? What do you want to do with the next term that's coming up? And we just used to have a chat because I just used to think, yeah, it's my room, but you work in there too, so mm-hmm. I want you to like what's going yeah. on, and I want you mm-hmm. to be able to put your ideas in because some some of them had like one of my apprentices had some lovely ideas, 
So I just used to let her do it. I'd be like, you go do it. If it works, it works. If it don't, we'll try something, try something different. Yeah. So. Back to like leadership styles. It's yeah. Like you've got to have a mix of all of them. Like if you need to implement something and you need it done now, then yeah. you've got to be a bit more firm. But like you say, having them meetings yeah. just to get everyone's opinion and views and having that more social team kind of feel, yeah. you're going to work better together. So I think just... But I think in terms of like just the day-to-day actual running of the room, if it's not your first time working in a nursery, you'll have different experiences of like, you liked when this room leader did this, you didn't like it when they did this. At different settings, you'll have seen stuff or like you'll have seen how different rooms in your nursery will have run. So I think it's just taking the good practice. Yeah. I'm just really using that. Yeah, noticing like you've been a practice if you've been an early as practitioner before moving to room leader, someone's been your room leader. Did you like the way that it was? Did the staff in the room like the way that it was? Did you talk about it? Like take points from like everyone has a personal stamp on what they do. So just do you. What a beautiful London chart. <laughs> just do you. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of the nursery and preschool chat room. As always, you can find us on a multitude of social media platforms, including Instagram, Facebook, Facebook groups, TikTok, YouTube, you name it, we're probably on it. And in the meantime, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.